Hello there. Welcome to Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. I'm your host, Shelley F. Knight. I'm a former nurse and clinical hypnotherapist, term podcaster and author of Positive Changes, a self-kick book and Good Grief, the A to Z approach of modern day grief healing. In each episode, I aim to share my clinical, spiritual, and personal experience to help you feel inspired to create your own positive changes in life. Fear not, it's not just me. Each week, I will bring on a new guest and they will share their authentic story of positive change and the tools that they used on their journey. So if you're ready to be inspired, let's go. I absolutely love this week's episode where I'm joined by Aggie Hill, author of Generation Panic, as featured in the Telegraph newspaper. Aggie's story had me nodding and smiling as I could just fit it in with my own life, like that loss of identity and defining success, but then also the anxiety that we've all experienced in the last 18 months. The last 18 months have been unprecedented and anxiety just seems to be through the roof. It's it, absolutely everywhere and everything seems particularly heightened at the moment so um, for any of your listeners you're you're absolutely not alone and you you've got company um, but for me this this started about eight years ago and I was working in financial services recruitment and on paper I had many things I was a director managing three teams a top biller engaged to be married, you know, tick, 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 tick. And behind the scenes, I was really struggling. And and at the beginning, I didn't really know what was happening to me. I hadn't struggled like that before, um, but it was just all too overwhelming. And out of nowhere, I was completely blindsided with a panic attack. Join Aggie and I now as we share tips and tools for overcoming anxiety, panic, and discovering the real you. And hang on, because there is a freebie. We're giving away a free copy of Generation Panic in this week's episode. Today on the show, I am joined by the gorgeous Aggie Hill, who's a certified professional executive coach, a workshop facilitator, but how I know her, she's author of Generation Panic. So hello there, Aggie. Hi there, Shelley. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, I'm very excited because I've been reading your book. So thank you for joining me. <laughs> I'm going to try oh, and keep calm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we both well. Don't worry, we're in it together. <laughs> Bless you. Now, we have so many different stories come on the show about you know overcoming so many things. But I think in life, but particularly the last 18 months, your story is so relatable because I know you're going to share about your story of living with anxiety and panic attacks. And I think we've all had these in the last few months in the last year. So please share your story and how you've made these positive changes. Well, first of all, I mean, you're completely right. The last, the last 18 months have been unprecedented and anxiety just seems to be through the roof. It's, it's absolutely everywhere and everything seems particularly heightened at the moment. So um, for any of your listeners, you're you're absolutely not alone, and you you've got company. Um, but for me, this this started about eight years ago, and I was working in financial services recruitment, 
and on paper had many things. I was a director managing three teams, a top filler, engaged to be married, you know, tick, 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 tick. And behind the scenes, I was really struggling. And, and at the beginning, I didn't really know what was happening to me. I hadn't struggled like that before. Um, but it was just all too overwhelming. And out of nowhere, I was completely blindsided with a panic attack and just saw what, what the hell is happening to me. I, I, I honestly don't know what's going on. Um, and so, yes, Generation Panic has been born out of that experience and um, has led me to where I am today. And I think, uh, like smiling, she said it, because I think, I don't know, it's just like an English thing or it's a global thing. But we have these tick boxes, like when here in England, when you meet someone, they go, hello, what's your name? What do you do? Are you married? And it is all those tick, tick, tick. And it's so shallow, really. I think it comes out of social awkwardness. But then we have this pressure that we have to tick these blooming boxes that we didn't even want in the first place. And I've seen it so many times where you think, oh, but I've got a job and it pays well. Oh, I've got this job title, so it defines me. And it's so easy, isn't it? So, you, know, like you had that curveball just come in because you're not living your truth day to day. Yes, and I think we can get caught into that so easily. Um, you know, actually, who's defined your version of success? It, it was what I thought I wanted. And then I remember getting there and being like, oh, my God, is this it? Like, is this is this really what I was going for? Um, and it just wasn't making me happy. And fast forwarding from that that initial time, about a year and a half later, I then resigned from my my role. I was just like, this is this is not where I want to be long term. And I'm in a fortunate position to be able to make that jump. I had um, prepared for it. But I remember the first, I mean, week, couple of months after I'd resigned, I was like, I'm just going to take out six, 12 months and work out what's going to make me happy. I remember just being like, oh, my God, like, like who, who's left? Like, I don't even know. I don't know. I just stared at a wall like I couldn't handle that because so much of my identity was wrapped up in all of those things. And then topped with people's disbelief being like what you resigned you were doing so well like you seem to be so like you know all put together I was like god it, it just wasn't it wasn't that and so that was really interesting dynamic as well like I felt pressure because of other people's reactions um and yeah that was a very hard um long look in the mirror at that time for sure yeah and I get that because I resigned from nursing back in 2019 and it is one of those kind of like cool jobs from the outside looking in, you know, and it is sort of like, it does define you. You do feel like the cool kid on the block. So I was like a nurse, but then all my children started primary school. So I was thinking, well, I'm a mum, but I'm not really a stay-at-home mum because I'm not staying home for anyone. And it was those sort of long days, sort of like, I'll do a bit of housework. No, I hate housework. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Maybe I'll go for a walk. And it's like, where am I walking to? Why? And it does bring stuff up, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think particularly um, prevalent in parents and particularly in mums, you know, when you go through that transition of becoming a mum and whatever form that takes and there's so much judgment, you know, like what people expect you to be doing or how to, how you're working, if at all. And um, you've got to be pretty strong to stand up to it or like really believe in what you're doing or in those moments when you're having to do the housework feeling like okay I'm, I'm all right at this like I'm I'm okay um but yeah anxiety I think it's like an undercurrent through it all and fear really dominates those those kind of interactions or I don't know even conversations with ourselves 
So I want to take you back. So you was working and, you know, it looked like you was really successful. I'm sure you were, but it doesn't mean it was for you. So you're there and then you get sideballed by this emotion. So there's probably people out there today that are listening who are working and thinking they're ticking those boxes. How would they know if they have got anxiety? What would you expect if you are suffering from anxiety? Well, for me, what happens when I feel anxious is that I, I feel this kind of rising panic, like my palms might start to sweat, my heart rate will increase, my stomach might start doing backflips and, you know, flipping around in circles. But I think for me, the biggest thing that I, when I'm feeling anxious is that my breath becomes really shallow. It's like super high up in my chest, which it is naturally anyway. For me, I, I'm quite a kind of high breather. Um but I also lose my train of thought. So really simple decisions, simple conversations, or even more complex things just become totally overwhelming. Like it's, it's like I can't string together the sentence, like no rational thoughts. It's like it kind of run for the hills, um, which is what happens, which is what I've learned since is that when you are in that fight, flight, freeze response, you are your your body and brain is taken over by a concoction of hormones you're not thinking rationally you're you're trying to survive um but we've just or what i was finding is that in the old days they were surviving from like a saber-toothed tiger and it was very important to have that reaction whereas for me i was reacting as though a meeting was a saber-toothed tiger or a call to a client was just so monstrous and it hadn't been historically but just that, that feeling of like real unsteadiness, um, you know, real shaky ground that I was standing, I didn't feel grounded at all. It sounds exhausting when you were saying about the clamness and the, you know, the fight or flight and the overthinking and the lack of concentration, it's very much what you get in grief, isn't it? When you sort of lost your normal sense of control. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what it was, it was loss of control and and I think I'd always liked being in control so then when I didn't have it and additionally didn't know how to get back to it I was like oh my god where am I left now I just I don't even know what to do whereas historically I'd always had this kind of this part of the brain that was able to ground myself that was able to like bring bring my feet back on the floor whereas I remember the first panic attack I had I was like oh my god I, I don't even I can't even do that I'm like com I mean just completely gone you know <laughs> bless you so anxiety is sort of like you're worrying about something with an uncertain outcome and then you have yeah for me sorry. yeah i'm just wondering because you said then you said about panic attacks but i'm assuming that anxiety is like a worrying state about an unknown outcome but then there's a panic attack what is the difference between anxiety and a panic attack so for me most simply um uh, anxiety is just a worry about the future and like you say like an outcome that is uncertain that we can't control which is particularly why at the moment it's so um dominant you know it's just everywhere we look because it's uncontrollable at the moment the the future is completely uncertain we can't really ground ourselves in um certainty um, but for me, then the panic attack is just the physical reaction when the anxiety has tipped too far. So when it's gone over the edge, you're then having that full body physical response as though you're having, you know, responding to that threat in front of you. Um, but for me, I had essentially missed all the signs that I was anxious. 
because I just thought it was like oh you know life just gets faster and you know things are stressful and I was already just operating at this level of stress and like speed that um I don't know it became my baseline state it became like a very normal place for me to be um which is probably also why when I resigned and was staring at a wall I was like oh my gosh I'm just you know this is a very different pace and this feels uncomfortable because I'm so used to a higher level of stress like a higher level of output um yeah I often describe it like you know like on a um, I'm in Singapore so it's always hot we've got um air con and you set the air con for 23 degrees and the machine will do everything it can to maintain that temperature so if it drops to 20 degrees it will try to get back to that 23 and that's essentially what happens in our brains as well so yeah you become almost like addicted or very used to that level of frenzy well that's yeah. what it felt like to me anyway no I love that I think that's really clear Aggie I really do because you know I think we justify what's going on in our body and our mind and you do as you said baseline I thought it is that you just think oh it was a bad day at the office oh, I was a bad week at the office bad month bad year you know and as you said you didn't recognize the signs of these bad days that baseline and then it's panic attack where you just you know it's too much for the body and mind and it flips so I think it's a really good way of explaining it yeah and I found that you know like I remember in the lead up you know I just wasn't sleeping as well or I was shorter of breath or I don't know I wouldn't be able to string together things that easily but it's amazing how we just brush it off you know like I was talking to someone the other day and they were like, oh, I'd go for a run and I'd feel like um, almost like a, it felt like a kind of heart attack. But that's just kind of what I felt after runs. And that was his normal. And, um, you know, I'm sure I mean, I, I'm trying to think of one now, but like, you know, like I might have a twinge in my shoulder. And I'm like, oh, it's just kind of part of me. And that's just the way that I am without really questioning. Is that really like, do I really have that twinge or do I need that? Or what can I do about it? Yeah, I think that's a really good thing. I think it's a really good call for the listeners today. It's just sort of like, just spend 10 minutes thinking what you're accepting as your norm. Should yeah. you delve a little bit deeper? Because it could be a health issue. It could be a warning sign, you know. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And e sorry, just one more thing on that. You know, this this might sound a bit woo-woo, but um, even asking your body, you know, like, what are you trying to tell me? Because we brush over these things and actually if I had just paused and said I used to get horrible migraines and if I was like okay body through this migraine what are you trying to tell me I might have got a really interesting answer I just never even considered that that was a question worth asking or um you know had the confidence to slow down enough to ask it I guess see now I love that because I've <laughs> I'm a great I go out for a dog walk every morning I have got a dog by the way just in case people think <laughs> that was just a random thing I do just, have a dog yeah yeah I've actually got a dog which I take for a walk every morning and I do speak to the universe and say like what's my next step today show me a sign if I take this path show me a sign if I make this decision and I do and my body I sit with it um because I've had a lot of anger with my body in the last year I've had real health issues and I do say like what's the lesson in this or I sort of tap into it so it might be woo woo I uh recently coined the phrase routine which means every day I have spirituality so it's part of my daily routine um but do ask your body you know 
I think people that. be very surprised routine. by it. Yeah, routine. Shelley's routine. My daily routine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my daily routine. But it's always got something to say. It's yeah. just whether you've asked it. It's just having, yeah, it's just whether you've asked it. Guarantee if all of your listeners now had said to your, like, okay, took off their, their cynical hat thing, like, <laughs> what, uh, this, this thing that Aggie's talking about. But if they said, you know, actually, what is going on? I'll tell you, most yeah. likely. Yeah, that's your homework for this week, listeners. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so bless you. I'm reading Generation Panic now. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it in the background. <laughs> um, I know. I'm so impressed. I should have, a, I should have my copy yeah, up, matching. Up behind me as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fabulous, isn't it? It's bright red, like the alarm bells are ringing. I love it. So in there, there are so many tips and tools. So I'm smiling as I ask this on the show. But what tips and tools did you use to overcome the anxiety? <laughs> Great question. So the the book is 47 different chapters with over 100 different techniques. So like even just that one we've mentioned of asking your body is just is just one like tiny little nugget. Um, and that's almost obviously I'm biased, but like the beauty of the book is that there's so much range. So if the listeners are listening, like, oh, my God, that's a completely crazy question. I would never do that. It sounds stupid. It doesn't resonate that's totally fine. There's a whole other host of things to choose from. And what I found is that it would change. So even today, if I'm facing something that maybe is making me feel on the back foot in some way, like um, a big client pitch or a big workshop to um, a whole host of people that I haven't met before, or whatever it might be, then I'll dip back in and be like, what's most appropriate for me now? And I can I can basically like mix and match and kind of apply that to whatever situation I'm in. Um, however, I'm just very conscious that I haven't answered your question. But no, um, I think you have, because I was going to uh, ask, because you've got so many, it reminds, what I love about it is that it reminds me of how I structured my first book, Positive Change and Self-Kick book, where there are so many different chapters and tools in it. And I was going to ask with your book, I know we talk about routine, <laughs> not daily routine, but can you flick through intuitively onto a page? Like, what do I need to try today? Would it work like that? Yeah, absolutely. So there's, there's, in my opinion, I mean, people might read it from, you know, back to front, up to down, whatever. But in my way, there's, in my opinion, there's, there's two main ways to read it. It's either from start to finish and just work your way through it as and when you, you know, feel inclined to do so. Um, or just to dip in and out of it so you know you might just skim through all the chapters and be like oh that one sounds really cool today you know whatever's jumping out at you and then just dip into that that's the whole point is you can just dip in take what you need and go and apply it you know it's it's so digestible it's so accessible um, and I think it was incredibly intentionally written that way because when I was struggling, I mean, I didn't have capacity. I was exhausted. I didn't, I, I didn't even have the headspace to be able to take on like new bits of information. So um, something that was so easy just to pick up and put down and take information rather than 350 pages on like one technique. And I was like, oh, that technique doesn't even resonate with me. Um, and like now, now I feel even worse. Um, so yes that's that's the beauty is that for someone who's really struggling or up against it or time short or you know tensions short then they can just go in and be like oh that bit sounds cool let me go and try it and see how I get on 
Yeah, and it is like that. And I love it. I mean, when I wrote my book, Positive Changes, I wrote it because everyone says, I'm like, don't say they think they are, if I'm honest, but everyone says they're so busy. And so some pages just like a sentence, another chapter might be like a whole page, you know, the ones where I talk about the end of life for my nursing, there might be like two pages. But it is trying to take away those excuses of creating that positive change, isn't it? It's just sort of like, just try it. And like yours is the structure, the very similar to mine. It's like a paragraph, lovely illustration. And it is, you know, you can just dip into it. There are, are no excuses, you know, and living with anxiety, like you were saying, with all like the clammy hands and the panic attacks, you know, the brain fog, that's not serving you. So just try a little chapter from Aggie's book. It is, well, digestible, bite-sized chapters. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so there are so many tips and tools in there, but for these people, they're still going to say they're busy. <laughs> what one positive change would you suggest they try today? Oh, apart from buying the book, obviously. Um, that could just be it, just buy the book. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be really naughty. I'm going to give you two. One is, one is breathing because it's just, I mean, myself included, I, I often breathe high up in my chest. And as soon as I do that deep belly breathing and really take new and fresh air to the pit of my stomach, um, you know, there's been a whole host of research on the power of breath and it really does inform your head. So you almost stop before you get into that fight or flight response you you kind of um hijack the system I guess before it's gone too far um and the other thing is that this can be a hugely positive thing and hold on in there because I remember when I was struggling I just oh, I just found it so exhausting and hard and really like the most challenging thing I've ever been through but that's really become like the most powerful part of me now it's like giving me a whole level of compassion I never had before and um yeah I've just I've just learned so much from that so be hopeful like um I love that you know whenever there's clap there's the sun's always behind the clouds coming out again so stick with it you've got it I love that the sun is always behind the clouds so your, mm. your one positive change would be by the book breath work yeah. and be hopeful <laughs> I mean I can't pick there's just too many I mean if, and it would change tomorrow if we chat yeah. again tomorrow I'd be like oh pick these two things or three things whatever <laughs> and it is that that's what I love about your book because it has all those different tools and as you say if it doesn't resonate go to the next one flick through the pages but find something which brings us to today's amazing freebie so we've been talking for a while now and it is a fabulous book and it can make a difference. So we are going to be over on our Instagram pages to give away a free copy of the book to a listener today who really needs it or thinks they need it. So what's your Instagram handle? So I don't spell it wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm under um, Aggie, A-G-I-H-E-A-L-E. Um, and if you pop that in, you'll, you'll definitely find me. Or Generation Panic is also on Instagram. So you can find the two of them. Um, but yeah, I hope, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting this over to someone who really needs it. Fabulous. And I'm Shelley F. Knight on Instagram. So that's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-F-K-N-I-G-H. That's, that's really long. I'm just going to stick it in the show notes if I'm honest. Because <laughs> if you're sitting there with anxiety, you're thinking like, you lost me at S. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. They're scribbling yeah. down. Yeah. Like, to, you know, yeah, they can't find a pen. So much the, yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're going we'll to help you out. Yeah, we're going to help you out. We'll stick it in the show notes. And come find us over on Instagram. Follow us both. And we're going to be giving away a copy. 
maybe even two <laughs> of um, the book to help you because it's something we're both very passionate about. Yeah. So come find us. Aggie Hill, it's been absolutely gorgeous. Thank you for sharing your journey, your book, your tips and tools, and just thank you for being you. Oh, thank you, Shelley. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for having me on. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from ShellyFKnight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelly F. Knight, Life Goes On. As always, I've been Shelly F. Knight and you've been amazing. <laughs>